Welcome back to Down for the Count, ladies and gentlemen. I am one fourth of your co-host, Tiffany E. And on behalf of Alexis, Nicole, and Janae, we'd all like to welcome you back to our show. So, it's been a minute. We're about two weeks behind, but I have finally caught up, okay? We've got some bonus episodes we got coming. We also have the week of the 12th, and then we have the week of the 17th with wrestling. We got all that coming, so don't worry. But this week, this is covering from the 7th to the 11th of wrestling in September. All right, we're going to talk about everything, all of the shows from TNA to NXT to Raw to SmackDown. We're going to cover it all, even AEW. All right. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of, of Down for the Count. Make sure you guys follow us on our social medias, and I will see you guys in there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Down for the Count. I am one-fourth of your co-hosts, and as always, we have Janae and Nicole. And unfortunately, this week, Alexis is not going to be with us, but she'll be back next week. So she's in the singing. middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a pen, please? <laughs> so we gotta this is a simple show. We're not gonna be um holding you guys too long this week. We are gonna talk about Raw, SmackDown, AEW, and NXT for the week and TNA if um if uh, Nicole watched it because I, I, I can't try to watch it. So, Why? Because I don't have. Oh access. yeah, that's right. You don't have access. Because I have Hulu Live, so I don't have. They don't have access TV on there. And then I was gonna try and see if I could pull it up through Twitch, but what I saw on Twitch was like their secondary show. I didn't. I don't get to see the show in its entirety. I follow them on Instagram, so I get to see pieces of the matches that they have and that's pretty much all I get is just like you know the meat and potatoes of it I actually like impact so I'm definitely gonna watch it now we're just gonna talk about the shows this week and then we'll talk some stuff you know about WWE releasing some of their people that have been furloughed for the last couple of months so, um, we ain't gonna hold you too long with, uh, Raw, because there wasn't a lot going on with Raw. There were some pieces and parts there, but we'll just get into it. So, let's start with the big stuff. Drew McIntyre, well, Randy Orton opened the show and he cut a promo about Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre interrupted. Well, there was a match between him and Keith Lee later on that night as well but Drew interrupted and attacked him so he ended up being able to finish out and have his match Drew attacked him again that attack on Randy happened throughout the night until Randy was sent home he was attacked at least three or four times by Drew by the time Randy got ready to leave the arena he had been attacked at least three or four times which I kind of like because (laughs) <laughs> I was tired of the babyface like persona they Drew was giving. So I liked it. Did you guys see it or you missed all of that? 
Um, I did not watch Raw. I was working on some music. Um, I did catch clips here and there online. So I did see the part where Randy got uh, Claymored like three times. Um, yeah. I, actually, I I was laughing. I loved it because I just loved his acting in, especially when the clip I saw um, Drew somehow walk by a ring that had no ropes so he can like get him in the ring and Claymore yeah. him. And uh, Randy Orton, he was selling it like his whole soul was taken away. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Did you miss it, Nicole? Um, I watched some of it. So I watched... Um... And I, like I said, well, I talked about off camera, my phone or my computer was having issues and I couldn't like get it connected and stuff like that. But I did see stuff with the Hurt Business. Um, I'm obviously like Cedric finally turning. So I, so since he's turned, I'm going to need him to not wear that choker anymore. Um <laughs> And people are like, oh, like, you know, the Hurt Business. I was like, well, they're apparently making good money. Um, him and Big Swole just got a house. Wow. So she can't be paying the house payment by herself. Okay. So good for him beefing up that paycheck a little bit. But, no, I am happy. And, like, I we've said tons and tons and times on here, like, regardless of how we feel about MVP's um character on tv he's been doing a fantastic job um behind the scenes getting superstars especially black superstars who necessarily wouldn't be getting the camera time and the tv time that they are getting now yeah especially like you know we like we talk shit about shelton benjamin but shelton benjamin is a fucking legend He's been in the he's been in the game for a really long time and we don't really give him his flowers like we should, to be completely honest. Yeah. I'm and, not a fan, but I can respect the hustle. I Yeah. And that's the same thing with like I know I know Tiff doesn't like Bobby Lashley. I'm not a fan of his character either, but again, like he's I liked him ton way, way better on when he was on TNA. But I don't know. I like him better as, I don't know. I'm not going to get into Bobby Lashley, but again, that's like another person. So, um, again, I'm just happy that he's helping these people. And this isn't just like the men. And he's also like, um, advocating for the women. Um, I guess he was one of the people who's really, um, obviously really pushing for Bianca. He's, um, um, for Ruby, he has a lot of respect for Ruby. Thinks she's super talented. She um, yeah, he's like he's super. He's been, I guess he's a he's been a really big big advocate for her too. And just so on and so on. So I I respect him obviously for what he's doing. So I like that. Um, I like Raw Underground, even though it's kind of a mess, but it's funny. Alistair Back does really. Br- Alistair Black looked really good in Raw Underground. I can't mm-hmm. talk, but he's like he's an MMA fighter. Well, he doesn't. M- well, he knows how to do that jujitsu bullshit. <laughs> like he can fight. Like he's one of the people. Like he's like you know how some wrestlers think they can fuck how they can fight. Yeah. Uh, um, JBL. 
JBL think he got hands. Yeah, he's he's a wrestler out. who got hands. Like there's very few people. I think as they like as the, it's um, WWE starting to evolve, like more people who are back there can actually throw hands than about 10, 15 years ago when you have like had like Triple H and all of them trying to talk shit. I'm like y'all can't y'all can't fuck it. Y'all got hands. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> and then you got yeah, people now, like they really got. Yeah, like you can't fucking fight. <laughs> <laughs> but you got people back there now who can really throw hands. And you know, it's even this is like I don't like toxic work culture, but I kind of wish it was kind of like back in the day where they used to fight each other all the time and get pissed off. But nobody, everybody likes each other for the most part, <laughs> except for give or take a few people. <laughs> and I'm like, man, why can't y'all be fighting, fighting right. each other? <laughs> Ain't nobody fighting backstage like they used to. Ain't nobody doing cocaine like they used to. Damn. Everybody got to smoke weed. Ain't nobody fighting Vince. Everybody wants to bitch and complain about Vince all the time, but nobody's swinging on him. (laughs) (laughs) Like they was doing back in the day. So that's why I don't take some of that shit seriously when people are like, oh my God, Vince, fuck him. Fuck him. He's a fucking devil. (laughs) Fucking swing on him the fuck is he gonna do he don't do nothing Bret Hart spit on his ass on national tv and swung on him in a locker room he didn't do shit that's why I don't be that's why I don't I don't be getting down some of that some of some some of the people have like actual grievances and I'm not like diminishing like obviously I don't know what the fuck they all went through because you know I don't know them personally and I wasn't working back there but I'm just saying if you're that upset about him, fucking swing on him. <laughs> it's not like you work in a nine to five. It's not like you working at Apple or you're working <laughs> at at Applebee's. Fucking swing on him. Like Jesus Christ, people used to do it all the time. <laughs> like oh, the fuck out of Lord. here. But oh, um, moving God. on from that, I don't know what else happened. Um. Oh, Retribution. It's nice to see Mia on Raw. Wow. And Mercedes. It's good to see her, too. Yeah, good to see her, too. She was, she was a lot more covered up. You can only tell it's her because of the height, really. Um, Mia, they should have had her stand in the back. Mia has very distinct-looking eyes, even if she doesn't have, like, the color contacts that she sometimes wears. Yeah. She has a very distinct, she has very beautiful eye shape. Yeah. I know who the fuck that is. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And then you had some jackass in the back who had a full mask. I said, they should have put that on Mia, too, because I knew. And they're like, oh, are you sure that's Mia? The fuck Yeah, yes. that's Mia. Right. I, knew, I knew it was Mia the minute when they first came out and she was on the ring apron. Yep. Like, nothing in the bucket. And I'm just like, Mia, we know that's you. We can like, see you. Like, girl, I see you. You see us, see you, see you. We know it's you. Dio Madden stands out like a sore thumb, too. It's, it's just, it's a, he has to tall, lanky, nerdy, just, he just big for no reason, and he's still awkward. I, <laughs> I could tell you. like, that Dio, we just, know that's your old tall, lanky, Negro ass. We know right, it's you. It's like, we can see you. And Dr. Kobe just has a certain way. His mannerisms are very, he, he, you can just tell. That's why I was like, I know at least three of them. We know for sure. And then they switched somebody out for Mercedes. 
And then they just pulled her from NXT completely, which I thought was kind of weird. But, I mean, I guess they need her, so they're pulling her up. Yes, so. But Rose I think okay. before it was six people, but in the last vignette on the clips that I saw on Twitter, there was only five of them. Mm-hmm. Which means I think, either, those, I think it's only five of them. I think they might have, maybe Tony Storm, if she was in it, they might just leave her in NXT UK for a little while. Because she did have to do that I quit match. And she, she had to do that I quit match. I don't think she's. Or they could be sending her to NXT. She needs to go to regular NXT. She should have been sent to NXT before Rhea Ripley, and I've been saying that. So, um, for the most part, Raw was okay. It um, it had its hits. I think the probably the next best thing about Raw was Cedric's heel turn. And then you had the Street Profits. <laughs> they decided to utilize the brand Invitational with Cesaro and um, Shinsuke Nakamura. So they were there. Um, <laughs> cool. It wasn't really there wasn't really much to it. Um, you had Dominic. He had a match with um, Buddy Murphy, and that's how the show closed was Buddy Murphy's match with Dominic, and it was a street fight, which it's, it still wasn't a street fight. So What was it that he did? What was it? A, it was a sliding... It was bomb. Sunset, a sunset flip or something like that? Yeah, so it was a sliding... It was a sliding... It was some crazy shit. I don't want to hear nobody talk about how Dom... Because people are trying to shit on Dom, and I'm like, he ain't that. He's not that good. I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah, he, he and they're like, pretty- well, he's not that good at promo. I said, nigga, these people and been in the game for 20, 30 years ain't good at promos. Bobby Lashley. Yes. Ooh. Thank you. Cedric like too. for for what for how long from what we've seen, he's really good at wrestling. Me personally, all the matches he's had, he's been he's been doing some real hardcore shit. I wouldn't he's even fine. do that coming in. He's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with him. I don't understand it, and that that that's where I'm I'm confused. His first match was on SummerSlam, and he could have botched the fuck out of that match, and he was clean. I didn't see any bad transitions. He looked fine. I mean, he's he's had his most of his matches have been with Seth, so you would expect him to evolve, having wrestled one of the best wrestlers they have in the company. You get what I'm saying? So. I don't see how he's not good enough. I mean, he was able to keep up with Buddy Murphy and maintain that match. That match wasn't bad. You're just tired of seeing Seth Rollins, Dominic, Buddy Murphy, Rey Mysterio. You're sick of that dynamic. So I am <laughs> beyond sick of that dynamic. But we're going to get on, on that. Monday Night Raw in a steel cage Jesus. match. I am yeah. so excited. Next Monday is Seth Rollins versus Dominic in a steel cage match. I they hope have, that this is the They end. have faced each other over 10 times in some kind of weird dynamic in the past, like, two, two Three and a months. half. months? Yeah, since Extreme... Well, not Extreme, was it? Well, well like, between... From SummerSlam, Raw, and uh, Payback, till now, they have faced each other 
over like 10 times in some mm-hmm. kind of tag team or singles capacity between Mysterio, Dominic, uh, Seth, and, um, and Rollins. It was a good feud up in, and I just feel like it just got stretched out a little too long. I mean, it seems long because it started out with Ray and then it moved from Ray to Dominic. So we're like, okay, at some point, we got to be done with this. Let this go. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I like long feuds, but I, I have to be intrigued in, to watching it. And I don't think I'm checking into that. But I'll still watch a steel cage match. I don't care. They don't never do them anymore. So when they, when they decide to bring out the steel cage, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, let's do this. I want to see some <laughs> carnage. Fuck some people I up. Love, I go. love steel cage matches. I'm glad that they don't do them often now, too. Sorry for the tangent. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> NXT was on because it was Super Tuesday, and, and that Wednesday was um, the NHL hockey playoffs. So they moved NXT to Tuesday, and this past Tuesday NXT was 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 dope. They had um, Finn Balor and Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. They had a match for Rhea Ripley and. Um, Mercedes Martinez in a steel cage, and I love both of those matches. Finn Balor is your NXT champion, finally, again. And um, Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez had a bomb-ass match. It was it was so good. I love that match. I watched it twice, and I usually don't watch matches over and over and over again, but that that was good. So it was a good send off for Mercedes. I'll say that. Did you guys watch NXT? Um, I did watch NXT. I I really loved that cage match. I love uh, Rhea Ripley's new style that she has coming out with the black uh, lips, um, the eyeliner, yes. um, blonde hair. I love that whole new character that she's doing right there. Um, I love Robert Stone. I think he is hilarious. Me too. Um. I, I know a lot of people are were getting upset that, okay, Shotzi ran him over with the tang. You don't need to do it again. I loved it every single time. Facts. I, I thought it was hilarious. Um, I love the fact that, you know, he tried to get up to help um, and basically <laughs> just, just beat the shit out of him. And he was just laying on top of the cage. Unconscious. And, and I, I give him kudos because he'd lay there for that whole freaking match. Robert Stone must be protected at all costs. At all. I oh. love him. Side note, so everyone knows Robert Stone, that character that he has was another character that he played under, was it Robert Strauss or something like that? In um, Impact. So uh, people in AEW think that's the character he's doing to kind of make fun of Tony Khan. <laughs> So peeps, those wrestlers backstage in AEW think that's his way of making fun of Tony Khan, but it's like he's been playing that character for a while now, so I don't know why they think that, but just a little tidbit that I learned. Um, but yeah, I thought that match was, was good. Um, I wasn't too keen on the Bronson Reed Austin Theory match because Austin Theory was doing 
little levels of Shawn Michaels versus uh, Hogan match where he was just overselling way too much. He oversells all the time. Well, this and this one in particular, because I've seen his matches, and this one in particular, it was just like a little, a little too, too much. Like Bronson Reed gave him like a tap, like it wasn't even supposed to be a big like move, and he just like flipped himself like halfway across the ring, and you're just like, uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like. I understand, like, when um, Drew McIntyre, like, slapped him and he, like, fell and flipped his body over, gave him a chest chop. Yeah, but Bronson Reed gave him a light tap and he, like, basically flipped himself across the ring and was just being (laughs) extra for no reason. And I'm just like, I get selling to make your opponent look good, but now you're just kind of like, you're just, you're looking like a dick doing that. (laughs) Like, come on. Like, you're you're looking like a little bit of a of a dizzick. Let's let's yeah. not do that. But other than that, the match was fine. Bronson won as he should have. Patrick uh, had a match. I guess I didn't see it. That was my bathroom break. But I came yeah. back in time to see Kushida whoop his ass. So I was happy for that. Yes. Everybody loves when when a predator gets their ass whipped. It's very very, very satisfying. That's my favorite. <laughs> oh, I, I loved I loved that when Kushida was just beating the shit out of him. I will turn off anytime Dream has I will turn it off unless he's just getting his ass whooped and then I'll watch it because then that, you know, as they should. It was in the plans. Um yeah, yeah I don't know what happened in that match. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch that part either, so I don't <laughs> I don't know. I just I was I watched it enough time enough to see Kushida come out there and, and wreck some shit, which good for you, Kushida. You you deserve yeah. that. We we all love that. We felt that in our spirits. In our souls. Right. So more often. Um I I just they gave Damian Priest and Timothy Timothy Thatcher a little bit and they're supposed to um have a battle for that North American Championship. Tegan Knox had dinner with the Garganos. Moving on. Um, Io Shirai. <laughs> yeah, that was just like a dumb segment. It, I hate, I don't like, I'll, I'll give them about two minutes. I don't like this whole we're a family and we want you in our family type of thing that they got going. I truly despise them as heels, which I'm supposed to, so good for you. You're doing your job, Alfalfa. Um I I, I just don't like them and I, I I tend to tune them out a lot. I know that Gargano's a great wrestler. I don't take anything from Candace. I think she's a great wrestler too. But their heel characters are not interesting enough for me to want to see if they go down or not. I, I don't care. So <laughs> I'd just be like, well, the Garganos are on TV. See what Alfalfa and Darla are going to do today. And then I either mute it or I'm doing something and it just plays in the background. And when it's over, it's over. But if it gets Tegan on TV or if it gets Candace and Tegan on TV, then okay, cool. Good for them. Uh, I think the last part about NXT was EO Shirai and Shotzi. So 
we mentioned the Robert Stone brand, and of course, they were trying to dismantle her um, tank. <laughs> Because Robert tired of getting ran over, which I'm sorry, but that shit's funny. So funny. It's funny because every time he's talking, she runs him over and he be mid sentence just getting massacred. And then you just hear, and like the way he sells it and his glasses start flopping. And then the fact that Aaliyah can't pick it up by herself. And we all know how light that thing is. And it takes like four reps and he's still screaming. Oh, Robert. Anyway, they uh, messed up EO Shirai's um, photo shoot. So they, Aaliyah ran and they tr- was into a fight, and Shotzi came out there and they kind of dispersed and all that stuff. And Shotzi picked up EO's belt. And kind of, you know, made it look like she was trying to keep that belt. I was like, like, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) What? Like, I see you, Shotzi. I see you. So I'm here for that. That's new. That's different. I want to see that. I want to see Shotzi and Io Shirai go at it. That's going to be epic. So I loved when Io was just like, don't get hurt. And I was like, girl, she just threatened you. (laughs) <laughs> she just threatened you. So NXT was pretty good. I I liked NXT. Of of all of the shows, I think NXT was the most solid. I really do. So let's move into AEW because I actually watched AEW from start uh, to finish. <laughs> so um. AEW had a couple tag matches. They had Jurassic Express versus um who was it? The Elite? Was it was it um No, it wasn't them. Oh, Young Bucks? Was it Young Bucks? Before we get into um AEW, I just have to mention that Transformers had such a banger soundtrack <laughs> and we don't give it the credit it deserves. That is some shady shit. It's not shit. It's, I watch, it's on. <laughs> we in the middle talking about AEW. I said before we talk about AEW, I just wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. No, and mm. do you really want to talk about the Young Bucks, to be honest? <laughs> <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I swear to God. I'm sorry, I'd rather talk about this fucking, how old is Transformers? When did go see, when this movie come out? This movie came out 2007. I'd rather talk about a 13-year-old fucking movie than the Young Bucks. I am dead. (laughs) Jesus Christ, is that old? uh, I remember when it came out, that's so long. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. So let me see, because I don't remember Ugh. who they went up against. I think they didn't was... have a match. No, it was against somebody else. They went up against the Lucha Brothers. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. who it was. So it was a good match. I don't have a problem with that. But the Lucha Brothers seemed like they were getting ready to implode, and Eddie Kingston and Butcher and the Blade were out there. I don't understand. The Lucha, oh, oh my God. No, they didn't was... them. 
I don't understand what's going on with the Lucha Brothers and Butcher and the Blade. I don't understand why they're all together. I need somebody to explain that to me. Um, they just known each other for a long time. That's just kind of what it like. That's just kind of how they explain it. Mm. Like they just known them for forever. Like they just been on a grind together for like years. So they just kind of just kept it kept it together. So yeah, the, it looked like the Lucha Brothers was about to implode, but they was able to squash everything and bring it back together. And Eddie Kingston made it very apparent that he was never eliminated from the Casino Battle Royale, and you know that was that. So I was like, oh okay. I don't know what that's all about, but all right, cool. So Matt Hardy was there, and he came out there and addressed the AEW fans. Um, This was some bullshit. I'm just going to call it like I see it. This was damage control because they were getting their asses chewed out all over social media about that spot with Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy. Now, Sammy was not there um, Wednesday night for um, AEW Dynamite, and Matt was only there to tell everybody that he was okay, but he was going to be taking some time off to get himself back healthy and to come back and wrestle. Now, one thing that Janae caught, and I caught too, but he says that he was not cleared to wrestle currently. So when we talked in a group chat, Janae was just like, well, how is he not cleared now? But he was cleared during the match. And I was like, hmm, that's a good question. Because if it's standing breathing, you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't have been cleared while you were in the match. You know, if right now you're clearly not capable of wrestling. So my, my whole thing is, so you have your match, you're the, you have the clear, you're the okay to go, you're fine, they send you to the hospital, they say you have no concussions, you're fine, there's nothing wrong with you, but yet they didn't clear you to wrestle. Now, I can understand if he was clear to wrestle and he was just like, I'm still going to take time off to kind of get my body back into a good shape, recovery, but the right. fact that he literally says, I'm not clear, that means if you're not clear to wrestle, there's something wrong with you that they don't want you in the ring. Yeah. So I just thought that was that was really uh, weird. Obviously, it was damage control. Um, having Reevee uh, there, um, she was there obviously for part of the damage control. You can clearly tell on her face she was not happy to be there. She did not want to be there. Um, backstage. Uh, when that incident happened um, backstage, a lot of the wrestlers were very upset that that happened and they were concerned for Matt Hardy. So backstage wise, there are not, there's some non-happy, there's some non-happy people backstage right now. <clears throat> so it was basically just to cover Tony Khan's ass and everyone who's up Tony uh, Khan's butthole is just like, why would he lie? He wouldn't to lie. Cover you his guys- ass. Yeah, it's like you guys have to remember, he is part owner of a football team that is notorious for not taking concussions into in, seriously. And a lot of you guys follow AEW, but don't really follow football, which I get it. 
but their organization doesn't take concussion seriously. They've had men asked to be to asked to leave because concussion protocol wasn't taken seriously. To do an actual concussion protocol is going to take more than a minute and a half than what the doctor gave Matt Hardy. So for everyone who's gun ho on sucking some con dick, breathe a little bit and come to your senses. I mean, look at Aaron Hernandez. Like, that's a whole mm. bag <laughs> of fucking worms. Yes. If you want to talk about concussion, like, his oh, how his was bad. And the reason his was also so bad was because he's he was playing football for so long. And he was playing football hardcore when he was in his developmental stages so that was really like messing with his like noggin and that's quite a few of these and people need to think about that's quite a few of these wrestlers you have a lot of wrestlers who start wrestling very young while their body's still developing Mm -hmm. and um i think wrestlers a lot now are a lot safer now yeah regardless of them doing like a lot and this is and I'm not, but this is excluding, like, a lot of the people who do, like, hardcore stuff and shit like that. But um, I'm talking about just, like, wrestlers in general are a lot safer than they were back in the day because they didn't fucking care. Yeah. And Matt Hardy comes from an era where they, like, didn't fucking care. And Matt comes for, Matt is very, the, Matt is very lucky that he's not fucking crippled. I have to agree. Jeff Hardy is very lucky that he's not fucking crippled. Yes. And his, and I know Matt thinks that he has a lot left in the tank. He doesn't. He doesn't. He does not. I'm very concerned because he can't let it go. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and I don't want him to continue doing this because I think he's going to end up in a wheelchair soon. And I don't like putting that on anybody and I don't like wishing like bad health or something, but it's just me just like being very concerned. Like he does not move around well. If you watch the beginning of that match where uh, Sammy was chasing him with the go with the cart and you saw Matt run, the man can barely run. Like he runs very stiff and he kind of hobbles when he does it. Like his body has been torn and broken down. And I get it, wrestling is your life, and that's probably all you know. And even though you think you may have some left in the tank, you need to listen to your body. If your body's telling you, I can't do this, listen to your body before something happens to where you're forced to retire before you really want it to. But then you, you're just you're stuck. Like Nicole saying, you're stuck in a wheelchair. You're stuck on pain meds. You're stuck getting multiple different surgeries to try to fix whatever's left of your broken body, like... Matt needs to like realize like he he he's not gonna be one of those guys that's like fifty years old that's still wrestling. <sighs> that was it was a scary situation. Um, I like how Matt just came out and made it short and sweet though, but I am disappointed in how AEW handled the situation. So um, they definitely could have taken a bigger um, responsibility and been like, you know, we're going to tighten up shit from now on. Like you got to prove to your superstars and to the fans that you're here for them to be protected, but you also are willing to entertain. You don't 
especially now hearing that some of the superstars were concerned and very, very upset, that makes me think that, first of all, we were right in the initial reaction that we had. And secondly, that Tony Khan is such a fanboy that he's not paying attention. And I don't think he understands that even though you're a fan of the sport, you still have to conduct yourself as a businessman. And you also have to be more concerned about your superstars and their um, health and the longevity of your company. If all you care about is big spots, then we have a problem. And somebody else needs to be in charge. Because And then you don't handle these situations well. Look how you reacted. I wish you would hire some PR. Like, hire a fucking PR team so they can direct you on how to handle this. You guys are not handling these scandals properly. It started with the sexual harassment shit with Sammy Guevara and Jimmy Havoc. And then you move out of that. You handled that poorly. You move out of that and you have this. This is dangerous. Like Matt Hardy could be gone right now. And instead of you taking responsibility for what was happening, you brushed it off and made it look like it was, oh, the doctor said he's fine. It's like... Come on. You you could have done better. And I, I'm not taking anything from Matt Hardy. He's a grown man. He can do what he wants. But I agree with Janae and Nicole. It, Matt Hardy can still be involved in wrestling without wrestling. It is not... I know that it is an addictive sport. I know that that, that roar of the crowd, it, it means something to you. It, it sometimes can define you. But you've got to find other ways to stimulate that high or get rid of it. If this is an addiction for you, then you need to find another way out. You got to get out now while you still have your, while you're still sane, number one, and you still have your health. You need to be trying to repair yourself so you can be here for your children. You got a newborn. Your wife is concerned. You got two boys at home. That's a lot. If I were you, I would be focusing on getting the guys who are coming up to be where you are. I would be training. I would be teaching promo class. I would be doing all of that. Because first of all, you can make more money doing that shit anyway. <laughs> so that's what I would be doing. But we're going to move on. Um, Orange Cassidy had a match with um, Angelico. Uh, for whatever reason. Angelico. And Helico, is that his name? I don't know. My bad. Um, it looked like Angelico to me. So I, I, <laughs> I just say Angelico because that's just the Spanish pronunciation, but he's Caucasian, so it's probably just Angelico. Well, okay, then I'm not calling you Angelico. Mm-mm. Your name is Angelica from now on. That's what I'm going to call you. Angelica. So that's where we at. Um, He had a match with Cassidy. That match was good. I didn't have a problem with it. Um, For whatever reason, Santana and Ortiz came out and attacked Cassidy. And best friends came out and told them, like, we're going to have a match in the parking lot. We're just going to fight in the parking lot next week. So there's a match scheduled for next week for best friends and Santana and Ortiz to have a battle in the parking lot. So good for them. Not gonna, not gonna lie. I was kind of confused. 
Another part that I was confused on was um, Kip Sabian's best man. So I I I thought that Kip Sabian and Penelope were had like led up to this having a wedding. To me, it they came did. out of nowhere. It was just like Kip Sabian and Penelope are getting married. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they say, well, we're gonna announce our best man. So they had their cute segments. They had um, this really, really thick dude on the show. He came out there in some colorful Crocs. And um, then, um, what was it? Brian Pillman Jr. came out there. And I was like, oh, okay, Brian's here. And then they said, no, he's not the guy. I said, oh. And it was Miro, AKA Rusu. That was Kip Sabian's um, best man. I thought that was an odd way to introduce him to the um, AEW audience. I was just like, really? They could have done Miro way better than that. I just thought that was weird. And I was just like, okay. He came out there dressed like he was going to go to He literally had all that. That he had on like that's fucking he had all that Gucci on. I was like, and it was okay. an expensive outfit, but it looked like he was gonna go to sleep. I was like, where are you? He looked are comfortable you? though. Facts. Like, you rich and comfortable. I ain't mad at it. Six hundred dollar t-shirt. So that whole segment um, was specifically made for him, for him to come out. They've been he's been talking to AEW for. Pretty much since he's like left the WWE, since he's got released. Um, yeah. So that segment was for him, and I I said it's funny he left the WWE coming from a wedding angle, and now he's going into the AEW in the wedding, wedding angle through wedding angle. Um, I'm probably gonna get flack for this. I said it in the group chat. Although I'm happy that some of these wrestlers that were not utilized, um, or were just weren't treated well by the WWE are finding places to go mm-hmm. um, and collect and, and still be able to make their rent and have some kind of income coming in. I am side eyeing AEW because they're starting to bring in a lot of ex WWE people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do the math and you look at the roster, they only make up about like 20, 25% of the roster, which when looking at the numbers, that's not bad. But when you turn on Dynamite, their primetime show on Wednesdays, and out of that whole month, let's and you have four episodes, out of those three episodes, you're seeing ex-WWE wrestlers. And then that one episode that week, you get like you had last week. You know, you had Jurassic Express. You've had Best Friends. You start to see a lot more indie talent on there. But the majority of your shows are making up of ex-WWE. To me... I don't, I'm not too fond of that because I, when I first heard about AEW, I was really excited because, you know, they were talking about, we're going to put forth indie talent that you've never seen before. We're going to build new stars. And when they first started, even when they had crowds, they were pulling in great ratings and views just Mm -hmm. built off the indie stars. And it's just like, now it seems like you're kind of arresting those on your ex WWE people, because if you look at it, Moxley, mm. ex-WWE, he's your champion. Brody Lee, ex-WWE, he's your TNT belt holder. Uh, the Revival, tag team champions. 
the FTW belt. It's held by Brian Cage, but that was a Taz thing back in like the ECW, WWE, or whatever. And it's just kind of like I want to see more of the indie talent that they have. I don't want to turn on AEW and be like, oh, I'm watching WWE Light. So I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping that this kind of changes a little bit, and I'm I get to see more indie stars more than like one episode out of the whole month. I will say that I I do agree, but I'm gonna say, um, at first I was like, okay, I I knew that this was coming. I just hope that it stops here. And I have a feeling that it won't, unfortunately. I want AEW to succeed, but I want them to succeed on the fact that they put their faith in the stars that they built, not the ones that came in ready-made. So I'm fine with you bringing in WWE guys what I don't like is giving them these big platforms and everybody else has to take a back seat. So yes. I'm fine with them being there, but they need to work their way in just like everybody else did. I'm not saying that they have to, you know, scrape at the bottom of the barrel, you know, but if I were them, I would be more concerned about making sure AEW is has a solid foundation. So you want to have solid rivalries, solid matches outside of belts. So a good example of that is Stark and Allen's rivalry, okay? Ricky Stark is probably one of the best heels I've seen next to MJF in a very long time. He embodies what he presents. When you look at him, when you see him, you either love him or you hate him. He's very much an arrogant, pompous asshole. And I'm like, you know what? At least I know where you're coming from. I can see you. <laughs> okay? You're not a snake in the grass because you you telling me that you're going to bite me. Okay? So I already know what to do with you. So for that in itself, I get. I, I'm like, focus on that. You've got the guys. You've got Hangman Adam Page which I like him. I know a lot of people aren't exactly high on Hangman right now. But I like Hangman Adam Page. I've liked him since the first time I saw him. I don't know what it is about him, but I really, really like him. I I, I don't care for Kenny Omega, so I could care less what they do with Kenny Omega. I'm glad they're moving away from the elite, but it seems like they're still giving them a big platform with the Young Bucks. They're trying to figure out what to do with them. I mean, they're kicking staff in the face and then <laughs> closing the door on them and shit. And I'm like, okay. Hmm. All right. Yeah, so I mean, it's again, like I'm happy they're there, but it's like when they get there and they already are getting a prominent spot on TV and they just came in the previous episode, when you have people backstage that were signed to your company right from the start that were on TV and then now they're slowly being moved to dark or now they're on dark and now your dark TV show is about an hour and a half, two hours plus long because you have such a huge roster and you're basically focusing on like the the ex-WWE people with a little bit of indie sprinkled on top. 
to me, you're going to start to lose the fans that, that started to rock with you in the beginning because they came in because their favorite indie wrestler was there and they love the indie vibe to it. Um, and to me, it's just like you're you're starting to slowly a little bit lose that because also it's like FTR, they're the tag champs, which is fine. But then you have instead of going through and finding a team to build a program around the one of you guys have one of the best tag teams right now, uh, like tag team roster. But now you're putting Jericho and Hager into into the tag team. That's it's like, also another thing. Not to yeah, cut you off, but they had a match. With Sonny and Joey Janela. And the match is good. Sonny Kiss is a breath of fresh air. And I I like Sonny. And I really, really wish they would give him some traction. Sonny puts on great matches. And I I rarely see him win a match. Because um, I don't watch AEW like that, but when I do, usually Sonny's losing to somebody. He's always losing. I don't remember the last time he won a fucking match on AEW. Right. So I'm just like, what is going on? Like, I'm like, why is it that Sonny is on the show and we finally get to see him and he's losing? Like, he doesn't. He doesn't get out of the blocks. And I'm just like, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, can he get something? And we're talking like, that was one of the best matches of the night. And it wasn't because of SpongeBob and his lisping partner. It was because <laughs> it was because of Janella and, and Sonny Kiss. They was, they was making sure to sell their moves. And they were doing, Janella's a commodity. I like Joey Janella. He he very much reminds me of that, that party dude that has that dad vibe, but he's still cool. So <laughs> I I like Janela and I like Sunny Kiss. I just I don't know if they're gonna make them a tag team or what they're gonna do, but I really, really hope that at some point Sunny Kiss can get some things going. As far as FTR is concerned, I disagree. I don't think they needed to have the tag titles. They didn't have to put a program on with FTR out the gate to get the tag team titles. They could have easily put those titles on somebody else. They have the Lucha Brothers. They have Private Party. They have Best Friends. They have so many different tag teams to choose from. And the best thing you could come up with to break up Hangman and um, Omega was to bring in FTR. That To me, that doesn't make any sense. You could have done this program with other superstars. If you keep touting yourself as having the best tag team in the world, then why are you going outside of the tag team to make new tag team champions? Yeah, and that's just one of the things. It's just like, again, you have one of the best tag team rosters right now in the world, but then, but you're resting your tag team off of an ex-WWE FTR, and now you have Hager and Jericho going after the titles. And it's just like, use your tag team. Like, yes, I'm happy I get to see some of them, and matches against each other, but to me, it's like eventually they need a shot at the belt. Like if you had SBU. Drop Jericho down though. Why? Why drop him in the tag team division? That is a big fish in a big pond, but he's gonna eat up the division. Why? For what? What are you doing? Why and don't you have him? Jericho going after that TNT championship? That would have made more sense to me. 
You yeah. have Jericho and Hager as a tag team when you have a tag team in the inner circle. Yeah, Santana and Ortiz. Like, why don't hey. you have them build a program? Hi, Alexis. <laughs> Hi, Alexis. Guys, she's hey. out of the boonies. Yay! <laughs> you didn't miss anything. <laughs> uh, I walked in on we're back. We're not. We're uh, talking about AEW. What is how they how they fucked up now? Ah, uh, we're just talking, we're just talking about, about the tag me. teams. And it's just like you could have done FTR could do like a program with um uh what are they proud and powerful I keep proud calling and powerful yeah, yeah pride and powerful well, Ortiz and Santana or you know you could have had the, but it's like you keep resting your voice on these these on these ex WWE guys I don't want to see that I'm watching AEW because I it's something different from WWE and I'm just gonna say this a lot of you people out here are on this AEW kick to the point where you're not even seeing that the things that are doing is very WWE-like, just with different wrestlers. But you guys want to hate WWE so bad, you're willing to take whatever AEW gives them just so you don't hear someone say, I told you so. Or just so you don't hear someone say, oh, that's just like WWE. You're willing to look past all of the things that happens in AEW. And that goes for even some journalists. Meltzer. Brian Alvarez. You that's not a journalist. <laughs> that's a shit talker. Yeah, that's fact. Because you can't, he has that. no credibility. If you're yeah. going to be a journalist, you have to have some credibility. credibility he yeah. has none. Yeah, I, but it's like, you're oh, willing God. to look past all the little titty bitty bullshit that they do that's very WWE like, just to give, just to give them a pass. Like, I'll even bring this up. Meltzer was trying to give a little bit of a pass to what was happening with uh, Matt Hardy and then decided to turn around and bring up the Kyrie Sane situation oh, uh, at, with the tag team totally match. And I was sitting there and I was like, that are, those are two different things because for one, cool. the doctor cleared Matt Hardy to continue to wrestle. When Kyrie Sane was injured, Becky took it upon herself and rolled her pretty much under the ring kept her out of the match and then they called them out audible and they finished the match. The match didn't go as it was supposed to. The match was actually supposed to go longer, but Becky talked to the ref. They called them audible and that's why that match ended the way it did. So they still technically ended the match. Kyrie saying didn't wrestle and she was off TV. She didn't come back and start talking about, I want to apologize to everybody for what happened. Oh, Those shit. are two separate things. And Meltzer was just trying to, because with Meltzer, he doesn't want to say AEW fucked up. A lot of you guys don't want to say AEW fucks up until it's like a major fuck up. You, you're not lying. Like, if we're talking about Meltzer, like when, when uh, you had Luke, did you, uh, did you lose me? You're not running in and out for a little bit, but you're okay. All right, hang on. Let me. I hate these headphones. All right, can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So here's the thing that it's just like we always we always know these these wannabe little journalists always always play favorites, and they have such a hate like a hate boner for WWE. Um. 
when Roman came out and said that he was going, he had to go off because he had leukemia. Meltzer was trying everything in his power to prove Roman that was faking it. And I'm like, you know, WWE, I, I could see them something doing this shitty back in the Attitude Era. But now that they're doing everything with the pediatric um, the pediatric cancer and the as much as I hate that Susan, uh, Susan B. Komen, I'm like, there's no way they would fucking lie about this to screw up because WWE loves money. It doesn't love money. And Meltzer was trying all this shit. He was, you know, trying to basically fake HIPAA. Nia Jax, I think the Usos at one point, but I remember Nia Jax coming hard for Meltzer saying, you don't know what you're talking about. Shut the fuck up. I'm family. This is real. You think this, you're just so desperate to bash my cousin. You're, you're going to just lie about anything. And it's like, if, if this was an indie guy, he would have been, Meltzer would have been the first guy to set up a GoFundMe account and give this dude money, no questions asked. But because it was Roman Reigns, because it was WWE, all of a sudden, oh, it's not real, it's not real. How? And he was always like, oh, Roman's not losing his hair. And I'm like, you realize there's other cancer treatments, right? You don't necessarily have to have your lose your hair. Lord have mercy. I can't, I can't stand it. And as for AEW, it pissed me off that Matt came out there with him apologizing, and I'm like, I'm like, Matt Hardy has nothing to apologize for, and I might catch some heat for this, but honestly, Sammy Guevara has nothing to apologize for. The people who should be apologizing are the dumbasses who set up that move spot and the fucking doctor. And I see oh. people, and I've seen people on Twitter coming after Audrey. I'm like, what the fuck did Audrey do? Audrey did her fucking job. She threw up the X twice. But y'all are coming for the wrong people, and you're taking it out on the wrong people, but yet Tony Khan and everybody else just seems to, to skate freely. But if this happened on WWE time, y'all mm. would be riding them so fucking hard, they wouldn't even have lube anymore. Like, you would be going in dry. You would be, like, going hard on Triple H. You'd be like, they would go in on Vince, they would go in on Stephanie, they'd bring Shane into it somehow, they would bring Hunter into it, they would bring in Vince's mom, they would bring back anybody who's ever worked for that company. And I'm just like, why are you just so gung-ho on letting AEW skate by, but WWE bad? That kind of thing. That is the alternative to WWE, and it's the... They, they, any, they're anti-WWE, so it doesn't matter what it is, they're just anti-WWE. We're going to finish out talking about AEW's show. I'm not going to keep on, you know. Sorry, I, I got my own beats of AEW yeah, right it's just, now. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, they're anti-WWE, and for the people that absolutely despise the WWE, if this is the one thing that they could use to crap on the WWE, regardless of what they're doing, they will overlook any negativity that AEW brings out because they have to. They have to like it. They have to. It's the only only thing going against WWE. And it's just like That's AEW. AEW feeds off of that. And this is my thing. I don't mind spots. I will pop for a spot here and there. 
AEW relies heavily on spots. And the problem is, every time they do a spot, they keep trying to up the ante on these spots to where it's going to get to the point someone else is going to get injured because they have no direction backstage. There's no writers. There's no one to tell them no. They make their own decisions. Tony Khan just wants to play best friends to all the wrestlers back there, so he's just going to say yes to everything. Someone is going to get really hurt, or you're going to start to see how bad it really is to the point that these AEW fans can't look the other way. They're just going to stay silent and be like, I didn't watch Dynamite that night, so I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, Nicole Nicole said this uh, in passing conversation with us, and I just want to bring it up real quick, and then we can move on from AEW. But um, why is it that people focus on AEW? Why is no one giving NWA any love? Or if you want to just if you want opposite of WWE, how come they don't go hard on MLW? Because there is no elite on those shows. Mm. All the elite are on AEW. And if you notice, most of the people who are strongly backing AEW are very much big-time elite fans. They are massive fans of Cody. They're massive fans of Omega. They're massive fans of the Young Bucks. So they're not going to, you know, give any... They'll watch the shows, sure. They'll sit and watch New Japan, and they'll watch um, NWA Power and MLW, but they ain't going hard for them because, one, they're not on national television. They're not directly competing with WWE. So what do what are they going to do? You, you have to choose. It's just like, I hate to compare it, but it is similar to that. It's just like Biden and Trump. The lesser of the two evils is who? Oh, Lord. You can't really pick because when you look at Biden's record, Biden has some bad shit that he's done. But the thing, the difference between Biden and Trump is that Biden has since admitted that he's done some things in his career that have been wrong. Even though you don't like Trump, I mean Biden, you would, you have to decide who fits your terms of what you want in terms of the next president of the United States. In the same vein is why, why you would watch wrestling. Who fits your vein of wrestling? Which company fits your style? AEW is more on that indie style of wrestling, and it's it's not necessarily as um, corporate or as pretty, you, you know what I'm saying, as WWE. WWE is a full-blown production. AEW has production, but it's not on the same level as WWE. So you decide which poison is, is the best for you, if that makes sense. Because WWE definitely has some skeletons in their closet. They also have some dead bodies laying on their front lawn. But but AEW, they have skeletons in their closet too. And that's not from the company. That's from the people who run it and the people who are a part of it. And if they don't clean up now, those dead bodies will start to be on their front lawn too. And they already have a few things starting to creep out from behind the scenes that everybody's going to start knowing about. So it's just, which poison do you want? Do you want cyanide? Or do you want, you know, something quick and dirty? It's up to you. 
Mm. It's unfortunate, but we watch because we're glutton for punishment. So, <laughs> Nyla Rose had a match with Tay Conti. Tay Conti was, um, she's all elite. Good for her. But she got squashed by Nyla Rose. And then Vicky Guerrero was given a microphone. <laughs> and dear God, I, I don't understand why she's there. I'm very confused. I feel like she begged for a job from AEW. She, she, like, she, like, she begged for a job for WWE. Oh. She begged in the and WWE hired her because they felt bad for her. And because she's Eddie's wife. And because she's Eddie's wife, that's why her, that's why his, like, like, her beneficiary bullshit from his merch is different than a lot of people's. Mm -hmm. Because they cared about Eddie so much. Well, that's... Thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break to let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for people. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, so make sure you guys stick with us at Down for the Count, and we're going to continue on with our show. Did rather. But. So that's why she, so she gets a higher percentage than normal. Than not only people who get from merch, but people who also or get Legends merch. I see. So, that's why I don't like, there's no, she's, Vicky Guerrero serves no purpose to anything, and this, and I'm not being shady, I'm just being real, like, she really doesn't, she serves no purpose towards anything in wrestling, besides being Eddie Guerrero's wife, and I'm not being shady, and I'm not, and I, this sounds really fucked up, but it's true. That's just facts. <laughs> it's it's not, and this is just looking at it from like a business and like a clinical standpoint. Like she has done nothing for the business, and probably never will. To be completely honest, it's not I'm, like it's someone who. It's not like a woman, who I hate. I don't. I never. When was what was Nancy's maiden name? Uh, I don't, I can't, I don't like using her married name But obviously if you know who If I'm saying Nancy I don't want to say her last name You know who the fuck I'm talking about mm-hmm. Like it's not like her Who had like, such an amazing career And contributed so much To wrestling That you still see now That people kind of She's like one of those silent heroes Like she done so much for like women as like managers and valets that people still emulate today yeah like that's Mm. fucking different like she's like an icon in her own right and then you have like vicky 
Like, what is she doing? <laughs> and I'm not I'm, being shady. I'm just being for real. Like, literally, like she's there's no reason. Vicky Guerrero has she's there's no reason for her to be anywhere. Her she last needs to name just sit, is, sit in the back and shut the fuck up. Like, what's his nuts um, yeah. wife? I I don't I um I'm Ultimate the, Warrior's wife. She I mean Ultimate Warrior's wife. She sometimes opens up her mouth and says something stupid, but it's like. Okay, shut the fuck up. Stay in your lane, bitch. Yeah. I, I don't... I, I, like, it's no not even that. Like it's you. just... I could understand if she contributed something to Nyla, but I don't... I don't see the allure of the two of them being in a tag team together. I mean, being a faction, her being her manager. I don't see the point. Like, she just using the same tropes she used in WWE in AEW. And, I mean, she was screaming... Mm-hmm. And scowling, and I'm just like, bitch. Only thing they changed, they gave her a dubstep version of "Excuse Me." <laughs> and, then, and, and, nobody then, fix, and nobody even fixed her teeth yet. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, the only reason why, and I'm just gonna say, the only reason why AEW picked her up is because she used to be WWE, and AEW is trying to do whatever they can do to get under WWE skin. Well, it, that's not good. That that should not be your focus. Your focus should be building a solid wrestling company. End of the conversation. What happens in WWE is of none of your concern. And I say the same thing for WWE. You should not be in business to worry about what's happening with your competition. At best, the only thing you need to do is do a SWOT analysis of what they're doing great, their strengths, their weaknesses, the opportunities you can capitalize on, and then their threats. And that's it. That's all you worry about. And then you move forward. Why are you so concerned with what they're doing? They're not even putting on the same type of show you're putting on. So you're sitting here trying to combat with them. You say your numbers are beating WWE. So what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to do? I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, Vicky Guerrero has no reason to be in AEW, and I don't get why. I, you know, and I understand like you're saying what Nicole said. It's like Vince felt bad for her because. Eddie's death was very sudden and unexpected, and he didn't want her to go out or go without because their daughters were still very young at the time. And that's why he let her have her time, and she made her money, and then when the time was done, time was done. And they really just, they already have such a blow, I don't know if y'all talked about it, because again, hi, I'm late. Um, But they already have such a bloated uh, a, a bloated roster, especially on Raw with the women's roster, and it's like, what the fuck they gotta do to you? They have people sitting at home who people actually want to see on TV. Who the fuck wants to see Eddie Gu- or Vicky Guerrero? I want to see Eddie Guerrero in 2020, but who the fuck would want to see Vicky Guerrero in 2020? When all she's gonna do is yell and scream and look like someone's wannabe hot aunt. Who, I don't know. She hot. She a butterhead. Everything look good. She butterhead. <laughs> what did she do? in WWE. She was a cougar. 
I'm like, oh, girl, no, no. Nasty no. and vicious vixen. Ugh, bitch, please. You look like you still shop in the junior section. Uh-uh. She's that shopping Lane Bryant Plus. No, that's like Deb. <laughs> you might have to go to Catherine's. Shit, what she had on all she had on was some Catherine's jeans and some Catherine's boots and that vicious um Vix's um t shirt. I don't give a fuck if she got an attitude about what I said. <laughs> she didn't care about talking about them immigrants on the airplane sometime last year. She didn't give a fuck about that, so I don't give a fuck about her being mad about what I said. Your ass looks like you shop at Catherine's. You got that real um, jolly face. If you gonna fix your body, bitch, do your face too. Do it all. Don't just do that. And then you keep coming out with that Karen haircut. Put Girl, a wig on. You sending mm-hmm. me. You, you got, and them uh, what's, her, what's her nuts back there? What's her damn name? Um, Stella. You got Stella back there. She can fix your hair. Oh, and nothing can fix that face. Your whole face drooping. From your forehead to your neck, all your shit is drooping. You got to start when you moisturize, bitch, you push your skin up, not down. Okay, sagging and tugging causes wrinkles and droopage. Clearly, you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to help you out. You got to push your skin up so it can get useful. Just go get a fucking facelift. Lift all of it. Your eyes, your neck. You got that whole... What's the dog name? Baby, remember that dog? Droopy. That's his name. His name Droopy. Droopy. That's what it looks like. Droopy, droopy dog. Oh my God. Don't insult like. Droopy dog. You got, get, you got to get that together. Because you look a mess. And you're hollering like an old cackling Karen on TV. It's not cute. It's not cute. I don't like it. Go away. Final match of the night was Dustin Rhodes. Versus Brody Lee for the TNT Championship. Trash. Absolute trash. Um, this match wasn't wasn't good. I didn't like it. Um, Dustin did a good job, good job, but um, Brody Lee was um. He was he was interested. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of Brody Lee as the leader of the Dark Order, and I feel like he doesn't have the charisma or the draw to be a leader of a faction in that manner. Um, I still see a member of Deliverance in in my eyes, so I I, I don't I don't I still see Luke Harper. I don't see anything different. He don't wrestle different. In fact. That match with Dustin was was hard to watch, to be honest with you. I I didn't like it. And then another thing that that it was odd was they kept bringing up Cody having this big announcement at the end of the show. They was like, Cody has a big announcement. We're going to see what he has to say. We haven't seen him since he got injured. We're going to, you know, listen to what he has to say. I said, okay, so Cody must be talking about something about, like, AEW, right? Like, well, um, no. <laughs> Cody was doing a promo for his new show. 
So I was like, so you had me stick around after this this horrible match so I could listen to Cody talk about this talent show that he got. Is, is that what y'all are telling me? Girl, I, I don't know. It's a mess. I, said, yeah. I feel disrespected. I felt disrespected. I'm going to tell, tell you the truth. I felt disrespected. I didn't like it. And I, I thought the match wasn't a good quality. And then the way it ended was piss poor. It just wasn't a good ending to that show. The best part about the show, and then I'll be finished. The best part about the show was Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. I like the fact that Miro was there. So him being there was cool. Um, they could have done his introduction better. I, I agree. Um, and then, the one thing with Miro and I and he's another person I don't give I'm not giving shit for really going to AEW because he's not like signed signed to AEW. He is basically like he's so, someone else is signed like he is and it's bothering me. But he's basically there until shit clears up and then so his ass can go to Japan. Yeah. But he still got to show up on AEW once a, once a while. Like, that's literally his contract. He blocks like, from going to New Japan, America. Which yeah, he can't go. Yeah, he can't go. He can't compete in New Japan, America. Well, New Japan, America is, is a mess right now in general anyways. Because it's it's just a mess. But I'm not. That's this is that we can talk about that in another podcast. But that shit's a mess. But, uh. Yeah, it's like, and him, and at least two or three other people literally have that, like, they're signed with AEW, but they're like, well, I want to go to Japan, so as soon as Japan opens up, peace, I'll show Isn't up there Moxley once in a while. Is one of those guys? Huh? Probably. Is Moxley one of those guys? Probably. Yeah, he's, he's, Moxley's Probably. one of them, and there's someone else, but there's quite a few people on there. People are like, oh my god, I'm like, he it was like he's there so he can make some money and then he's gonna peace out soon as he could compete for New Japan and not New Japan America. But that's Regular what I'm saying. When a lot of stuff opens up and you can travel um, internationally and travel is completely hundred percent open up, I have no doubt in my mind that a lot of wrestlers are going to try to start to do other things. And my thing is Tony Khan's allowing them to work certain promotions. Once a lot of things opens up, I bet you you're going to see a, a crackdown on a lot of wrestlers trying to go to other places. So you're going to see a little bit of, a, of an exodus of a lot of wrestlers leaving AEW. I can guarantee it. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's, that's even a lie. I liked I liked Ricky Stark's promo um, on Darby Allen. I did not know Darby Allen was injured, so I was looking he for always, him. He always he stay him. injured. He's a fucking <laughs> who who is always injured. He is Mox, how Mox was last year. Or, or unfortunately, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe Samoa got Joe, injured a lot. He's, he's, he stays, stays on the fucking sick and shutting list. No! I'm right here. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, oh, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. So, I'm going to go and let these ladies finish up. Um, everyone have a great night morning whenever you listen to this podcast and I will see you guys later. Bye. Bye. I like the promo that Ricky cut and I liked, um, 
I like the promo that John Moxley gave. I just, I was like, I was like, man, like, I, and I liked MJF's um, spot that he had. For the most part, the show was okay. I had my issues with some things, but it was an okay watch. I'll watch it again next week. And that's all. Yeah. Did you watch TNA? I did. Um, there was actually a lot happened. Well, I'll just only talk about the stuff that I really liked. So, um, if anyone didn't know, um, Eddie, Ed- not Eddie Edwards, um, Eric Young is now the Impact World Champion. I'm not surprised. They should just fucking let him win it the first night if they were going to do that, in my opinion. And I think it probably would have been too much if it was, like, Eric Young and Deanna Perrazzo because they would have been like, what the fuck? Like, they both just got back here. Eric Young, I don't consider him much of an ex-WWE guy because he did so much in TNA and Impact for so many years. Yeah. So I don't... I just, I don't consider him like, oh, he's an ex. No, he just, he just went back to Impact. Like, that's how I view him. So, that's, so that's what I'm saying. I was like, if they were going to do that, he, they should have just had him win the bell. Because it was fucking vacant anyways. So, there's no point. But I didn't like how Eddie was a transitional champion like that. Um, And then they had... um. Alicia Edwards came out and then told Eric Young about himself. And then he tried to do a pile driver on her, but Tommy Dreamer ended up saving her. Mm-hmm. And Alicia Edwards had like the cutest little outfit on. <laughs> she had like this really cute, like neon crop top and like these white pants and like these cute neon, um, like old, like vans, van sneakers. It was really cute. I like Alicia Edwards, and she has really good comedic timing from, like, Wrestle House. So they, I think they need to do more. They need to do more. If she's not going to wrestle like that, I think they can really use her in, like, more of, like, a backstage, have her, like, interviewing people and stuff like that because she's really funny. Like, they need to use her more as, like, an on-screen personality because she has a great personality. If she's not going to fucking wrestle... Especially with Scarlett not being there, because that's what she was doing most of the time. Like, they need someone to, like, be, like, a more on-air personality. Um, what happened TJ, with Chris Bay? Huh? What happened with Chris Bay losing the, um, he lost his it. title? What's that guy's fucking name? I can't remember, but it was real stupid how he Isn't lost what? it. What? Um, I was just he? over it. But he's, Rush and then you? he had a match with TJP, and I, y'all know how I feel about TJP. Yeah. Um, I was not with it. Um, it's just, I'm not going to, I just don't care. Um, what else did I really like? Um, the Motor City Machine Guns and the Rascals faced each other, and it was, um, for the tag team titles. Obviously, um, they retain Motor City Machine Guns. Um, again, Impact has another really great tag team division. Um, WWE needs to get their tag team division together. It's it's Facts. fucking pathetic now. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's fucking pathetic. I agree. It's so... It's non-existent. I don't understand. Like, why do they hate tag team wrestling so much? 
just Vince, uh, just in general. Like, why do they hate it so much? Because Vince hates tag team wrestling. That's why they tag never... team wrestling is literally good at every other fucking company except for NWA. Their tag team divisionally, eh. but I mean they were young and it's <laughs> it's small as fuck. So I, I give them a small pass. But it's like everywhere else but it's just like you go over there and it's like a fucking dumpster fire it's just it's terrible it's just sad um and then Ty Valkyrie and um Tasha Steeles had a match and Ty Valkyrie won as she yeah, should I I can't stand Tasha Steeles I think she I I just can't click with her I can't I've tried, but they have her run around with crybaby number three, and I just, I can't, I can't. can't. Yeah, but, um, yeah, especially, like, that tag match. The tag match is really a fucking highlight to me, because, um, everyone knows I love the Rascals, besides me being biased, but they're just, like, an amazing tag team, and Motor City Machine Guns should be your favorite tag team, or one of your favorite tag teams, or you're just trash. But, yeah, Impact, it, it was good. I wish they had a little bit more women's um, segments. I kind of missed, um, wish, what's their nuts showed up for a second. Uh, Gal of the Anderson. Other than that, it was a good show. Um, it, was a, it hasn't been, like, amazing. Like, it has been the fat past couple weeks, but they're kind of, like, starting to build stuff up for Bound for Glory. So I'll give them a pass. Like, at least it's not, like, again, like, WWE, where it's not so fucking up and down, and you're just, like, looking, you just watch one episode, and you're just like, Jesus, what is this? At least Impact is consistent. (laughs) Agreed. Right. So, um, and Um, also a small Impact new, well, concerning Impact, because she's a formal, former Impact um, champion, so... From what I've, I read this article, it was on Wrestle Inc. Um, so they're not too bad, but also take this with a grain of salt. Just to summarize, they were saying how they think the reason, according to like sources behind the scenes, they said the reason that Tessa was so gung-ho to like let her contract run out and get fired or whatever, whatever happened was because she was getting a better offer somewhere, which concerns me a little bit because um, multiple sources have said that AEW would not touch her Mm -hmm. regardless of her father being there. That that should be a red flag for anybody. If she... I'm sorry, Tiff, but I don't mean to cut you off, but she goes to WWE after they just fired all those people, and now they're firing the people they furloughed. I don't know if you guys have talked about that yet. No, we haven't talked about yet. Okay, sorry. But now they're, they're letting <laughs> now they're letting go people they furloughed. I, I, I mean it. If Tessa Blanchard shows up on WWE TV, I'm done with WWE. I will not watch WWE as long as she's there. And there's a lot of people who feel that way about it. And as sad as it is, even though I love MLW, if she shows up in MLW, I'll fast forward through her matches. I'm not watching them. I'm like, no, I just... 
I don't like her. She doesn't need no, to go. No, it's just, it's just trash, but, um. I don't want Tessa Blanchard there either, so. I'm not... I don't want Tessa Blanchard fucking everywhere. She's making her in-ring returns. Is it this weekend? Next weekend? It's for some, it's for what I forgot which championship, and I literally just looked at it. But she's defending whatever fucking women's championship. Why are his shorts so tiny? Um, what is this? He got these fucking Sperry's on. Lord have mercy, Jesus. What is Ethan Page wearing? <laughs> it looks like he's so... on a boat somewhere. A fucking mess. But anyways, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just a mess. I'm not trying to see Tessa anywhere. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I think, I honestly think it's this, I think it's this weekend for some reason. I feel like it's this weekend. But it's like, who wants to see Tessa Blanchard in this part of 2020? Who wants to see Tessa Blanchard ever? She's in the be same category as Guerrero. Oh, You'd be surprised. A lot of people do. Are they the same people who get mad at like places like the NFL for posting something about 9-11 and then they Probably. make it all about Trump? Probably. That sounds like her wheelhouse, yeah. Lord. Well, that was Impact. And we're going to move into SmackDown. There wasn't really much to SmackDown either. Um, Jey Uso and Roman Reigns had their thing <laughs> in the beginning. Mr. Penguin came out there and was talking and referred to Roman Reigns as a chief. Jay, he invited Jey Uso to come tribal out. Chief. That's fire. I don't care. He called him a tribal chief. Better than the fucking big dog. It's stupid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just hate it today. (laughs) Mr. Penguin called out Jey Uso. Jey Uso came out there. And then they had their back and forth. Roman basically was just like, just like when we was kids, I'm going to whoop your ass. That's pretty much what he said. And Jay Uso was just like, well, you know, we ain't kids no more. We ain't kids no more. And that's where they left it. Gangs in New York, Seamus brought his ass out there, and Little Cali <laughs> brought his ass out there. What gangs in New York? That's what he looked. Come on, Alexis. Say he don't look like one of them no. gangs in New York characters. No, I, I say he's every Irish stereotype rolled together. He's got the hat on, the suspenders, the white tank top. Like, all I he needs to be drunk and fighting people in a bar. Well, you already did that. Well, there you go. I mean, Cal, you came out there mad, complained about nepotism. And then that was an impromptu tag team match. Which, let's just start with this match. <laughs> because it was not a tag team match. It was a triple threat. <laughs> it was actually a two-on-one handicap match that turned into a tag team match 
at the end, I said, okay, live your best life. Roman came out at the end, tagged in Jey Uso, and got the pin. And then he just left. So that was that. Was that. I was like, well, that was interesting. Mm. Moving on. You had another spot with the mystery woman and her fur coat and her um her glittery skirt set. I thought the outfit was cute. The, the new shoes was all right. I feel like she could have. You gonna go rhinestone? go all the way, bitch. Do it all. Um, her hair was cute, and you saw the big fur coat, and then she was gone. And everybody is very concerned about who this woman is. It's probably Carmella. It's Carmella. I just saw a post on Instagram, and if you pause the arm. The, the where the girl is getting dressed, she has a tattoo in the same place Carmella does. It's Mella. Well, good for Carmella. She's getting rebranded and repackaged, and that's cool. As soon um, as I seen her back, the back and the head and the head, and um, Carmella is tiny. Like she is, like some of her, like she is, like she is very. She has weird, small features. I'm not saying weird, like she's unproportional. Like Carmella's a beautiful woman. But I'm saying like Carmella has very long legs. That's why I thought it was someone else for her being as short as she is. Like she has mm. very like long, statuous legs. But when they show the back and then like that short arm, I said that is Carmella. I was like. That seems to be the thing that everybody keeps talking about. And I'm just like, I'm not like hard pressed to find out who it is I'm okay with waiting with the reveal I like the little snippets I like being able to say well it could be this girl and it could be that girl I'm not trying to figure out who it is I'm okay with waiting so I have a little bit more patience than others I I wasn't really trying I wasn't trying to figure it out but I was like that's I just clocked it like that's like that's the same thing with like Mia and the retribute like I know that's you like, you ain't fooling me. Like, I, I just know what you look like. Like, that has nothing to do with Because I like surprises, but I was like, I know that's you. I do. I'm I'm praying. I'm crossing my fingers because she had her very, they only had her let her keep this gimmick for a very short time, which I don't know why. But this is goes back to if it is, Car- in fact, Carmella, like, her very, like, her very, very, very early NXT. That's like the first gimmick she had in NXT, basically. Mm. And then they switched her up, and then they paired her with Enzo. But I was like, if this is what I think it is, like this, like, especially with that theme, I was like, I hope this is the theme song, her, like, her um, music, too. So I was like, this song is cute. I like this. I was like, (laughs) I was like, you know, because it's like, if no one hasn't been listening to this podcast, I feel like they should know by now. Like, I must have been, like, some mafia princess in, like, a past life. Or I'm just like, or I might be that in the next life. I don't know. Who knows? Or I might be that in this life. Who knows? Only God knows. <laughs> but that is, like, my dream is to be, like, some mob wife. 
And if that's what that character is, like, some, like, bad, like, bad bitch mafia girl who just walks around in fucking fur for no reason and it's, like, 80 degrees outside and has all, like, diamonds and is just, like, a fucking asshole and has, like, a little dog and then you're, like, how does she have all this designer stuff? She doesn't have a job. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, I love that shit. And if that's if that's where she's going, perfect, perfect. That's what I want to see. We need more characters like that. I feel like a lot of girls are scared to do characters like that because they're because people are like, oh, it's like the, like the divas. Like it don't matter as long as they can sort of kind of wrestle, maybe. And she can sort of kind of wrestle, maybe. She was improving. I don't know. Maybe she's good. She's been working on her in ring. We don't know. We haven't seen her. I saw a lot of backlash about that. They were saying they don't want it to be Carmella because all she do is super kicks. And I'm like, well, first you have to let her debut. Yeah. Like, give it a chance. You're cutting it down before it even gets started. Goddamn. Let them them breathe a little bit. Oh, Jesus. Anyways. So then you had the Street Profits popping up on SmackDown. Yeah, what was Shinsuke. that all about? Well, like I said, Raw, well, you weren't there for this part, but Raw, there's a brand invitational for next week's Raw for Shinsuke and Cesaro to wrestle the Street Profits. And so the Street Profits was like, you came to our show, so I think it's time for us to go to yours. They came, they went inside their little champion's lounge and had like a mini party and shit. And Cesaro and Shinsuke ended up losing the Lucha House party because of that distraction. So that was the end of that. (laughs) It was pretty much just, we gonna come in here and fuck shit up for you a little bit and go back to Raw. And that's exactly what they did. Now, in regards to Billy Bob Bailey. Hmm. Bailey came out there and explained why she did what she did. If I'm looking at it from the outside looking in and not going kayfabe-wise, it was a very good kayfabe promo. She did exactly what she was supposed to do. And Bailey has proven that Bailey is one of the best for the women's division. She can live in both worlds if she needs to be a heel. We know now she's capable of doing what's necessary to be a heel. If she needs to be a face, we know Bailey can be a face. That's not a problem. So I'm proud of Bailey because Bailey was getting shitted on for a very long time. And Bailey was like, I used you to keep my belt. And when you no longer became useful, I got rid of you. That's the gist I of that whole promo. That I called that shit months ago. That's what she said. She said, "You, I know you were eyeing my championship. She said, I know that you were jealous that I was at the top. You just had to get a belt of your own so you can be at my caliber. But she was just like, you'll never be there. And she said, so you thought you were using me and I was using you the whole time. And when you no longer became useful, I got rid of you. I don't need you. I was like, okay. Okay. I mean, it's, I mean, it's true, though. If you look at it from a kayfabe standpoint, like, 
Sasha, again, could not hold on to the Raw Women's Championship. Technically, it's Bailey's fault that, you know, they don't, they're not tag team champions the first time. Yeah. Second time, I mean, second time is kind of both their fault. How are you supposed but, to get a 300-pound woman off of you if you land? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. but second time is both their fault. Um, but at a kayfabe standpoint, it makes sense. I like where that's going because a lot of people are trying to be like, I was like, Bailey, for this to actually be fucking worth something and for it to not be a vicious cycle, Bailey mm-hmm. has to be the one that turned. Told you. Or it would literally be the same shit that kept happening before. Yep. And yep. I don't understand why people weren't understanding that for some reason. And they're like, well, Sasha should turn. I'm like, no, she's done it fucking four times already. Facts. Facts. Mm-hmm. We've already seen that. You need to see where Bailey can go. And you see now Bailey can go there. That bitch was mean and a motherfucker. I said, girl. And like I was saying before, it's just so crazy because because Bailey was like the baby face. She was like John Cena fucking baby face. Right. Mm -hmm. And I never thought she would have it. Like when she first turned, I said, girl, I don't know. I said, they might have to glue that ponytail back on. I don't know if you can do this, (laughs) sis. But she sure did shut me the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. I said, okay, Pam. I see you, sis. <laughs> and so you shut me right the fuck up. I'm telling you. It was smart, and it was good, and it's keeping SmackDown going, because if it wasn't on there, I don't know. Well, I would be interested in Bliss. Let's get to that. Ooh, that because was good, of, too, actually. Yes. The Fatal 4-Way happened. And what they did was they put three of Bailey's former opponents in a match with Alexa Bliss, and they all competed for an opportunity to go up against Bailey at Clash of Champions. Now, for the most part, Bliss was okay. Until they got to almost like the middle of the match, and all of a sudden, she just zoned the fuck out. And she was trying to help Nikki up after a spot, and then she Sister Abigail, the girl, on the floor, and walk the fuck out of the Thunderdome. And I'm sitting here like, bitch, what the fuck is going on? What happened to you? And I mean, Bliss wasn't looking. She barely blinked. And she was gone. Nobody seen her since. They continued the match with the three, um, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, and Tamina. And Nikki Cross ended up getting the win. <sighs> Where's Naomi? Where's Naomi? I I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to to fucking sound like a Naomi stan, but out of all those women, and this is no offense to any of these women in that match, Naomi is the only one that has beaten Bailey twice cleanly. Furthermore, Nikki Cross just had what is this her third opportunity? And that's honestly, because we know who's ever going to face Bailey isn't going to win. So, honestly, they could have had. Has Lacey had a solo? Yep. 
Yep. I don't want um, Naomi to lose to, and this is like the same thing with the Big E. Like, I don't want Naomi to just go get a championship opportunity. And then lose it. And we know that she's going to lose. That's the same thing with, like, people are harping on about Big E not being in that fatal four-way. I was like, I I don't want him to be in. I don't want him to win because uh, he's not going to, he's not going to win the championship. Nope. He's going to serve his ass up to Roman. Yeah, so why, like, why, it's like, why do that to him? And, like, yes, I want to see Naomi on TV. I low-key think Naomi's on the Max Singer. That's might be why she's been a little bit MIA, too. Oh, <laughs> now that, that that makes sense. I, no, actually, she I ain't been there in a while. On the Max Singer. She ain't fucking full of nobody. Um, <laughs> another person full of nobody. So I yeah it's like I it's like I I want to see Nate but I'm not trying to have her get that and she and I know she's gonna fucking lose like there's no like I don't want to see that mm-hmm. it could have been someone else hell who's who's randomly back there you could have fucking picked Dana 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 haven't had a title opportunity yeah like give it to Dana or you could have gave Mandy a shot before you traded her to Raw yeah. I, mean, it, honestly. I still don't understand how Miz has that kind of power, but we'll get into that in a second, I guess. It was just, it was just an excuse to, to get to Mandy off of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But it, it's still, because it keeps Miz, Otis, and Tucker, and John Morrison in this back and forth of them trying to get this, this contract from Otis. And I think at some point they are going to get that contract. I just think it's a little too much. I mean, I think someone said it. It's like the last 12 of Otis's matches have been against Miz and Morrison. Mm. And I'm just over it because now they're having them go after Otis's money in the bank briefcase. And it's like, y'all could have been doing this. For a hot second, instead of... Or you could have had Heavy Machinery going after the tag titles. They're there. Why are you so... Why why are you not making sure that the tag team division is worthy of something? Now, it wasn't that banging from the beginning, but it was slowly getting there. And then some of the wheels got halted because of Forgotten Sons or whatever, and of course because of COVID, but they got to do some strength building or they're going to need to combine those titles, which I really don't want them to do that. It's a, it's a hot mess. It's a fucking hot mess. So somehow Miz pulled some strings and got Mandy to be traded to SmackDown, I mean, to Raw. I don't know what SmackDown got in return, but she's supposedly on Raw now. The announcement was made on Talking Smack by Miz, and Mandy was on Twitter, and she didn't even know, according to Kayfabe. So, that's fucked up. I ain't even gonna front. That's some fucked up shit. Now, people are trying to figure out how did that even happen. Well, on SmackDown, Miz thought he had Otis's contract, and he didn't. Um, Otis keeps switching the contracts between those two, his lunchbox and his briefcase. So, Miz 
told John that he was going to pull some strings and make a phone call. And then the next day, he announces that Mandy was traded. How does Miz have that much fucking power? If we're going by kayfabe. I don't know. He said he was calling in a favor. So what are we going to get in return? We're going to get Billy Kay? (laughs) Think about it. Think about it. Think of the women talent that's on Raw. And I know we talked about this before, but just think about this. Think of the women talent that's on Raw. And then look at the women talent that's on SmackDown. Raw by far already has a women's, uh, too many women wrestlers on one show. And they're, and they're leaving nothing for SmackDown. Well, the play devil's advocate for that, Raw needs more women than SmackDown. Because Raw is a three-hour show. Yeah. If you, if. They so they have the room to work with having more women. SmackDown is a two-hour show. Not only is it a two-hour show, it's a two-hour show that goes by very fast. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. So they can't. So you can't have the um the divisions are going to be disjointed on both brands, and it has to for it to make sense. Like you're obviously going to get like you have you're going to get more women's segments on raw because they have the time for it they don't have enough time so yeah so say on like smackdown we get like two three sometimes sometimes we'll get three then our raw you get like three or four or maybe that's half the fucking show is women's and you and you have to because and not only you have to because it's longer their men's division isn't really as deep as it seems if you're looking at it. And also you have to think about Seth's, um, and then also you're going to have to think about, you have to get women on there who Asuka hasn't faced mm-hmm. as well. So that's why, so that's another reason it's smart to bring Mandy on there because she has it. Last time she wrestled, Asuka was over a year ago. Yep, Fastlane. Uh, yeah, at Fastlane. So that's what, and then, and it's also, it's, it'll make sense for whenever Sonya comes back and she can stay on SmackDown and Mandy will be on Raw. And Sonya could have a fast track to that title. Yeah, she's exactly. She's definitely somebody makes, who needs it. Yeah, so it makes more sense. And it's just like, and that's the same thing with, um, I think NXT has this problem with their women's division. Is gonna, they're kind of having this problem with their women's division now because so many of them have fought each other. And it's just like you they gotta start cycling up. So that's why I think it's smart to call Mia and um potentially Mia and Mercedes up because Mercedes is not gonna have that much of a long in ring run, rest of the in ring run. But I said they need to call I think they they at least need to call up two other girls from NXT and put them on Raw. I I, th- I kept saying I think they need to call up um what's what's the whole girls' names? Tegan needs to go up. I'm tired of yeah. Tegan. I and you said Casey and that girl, Kaden. And I know this sounds weird. And people, when I say this, people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't, for some reason, I think they will do really good on the main roster. I think they would translate a lot better to a casual audience than they do on NXT. Mm. If that's the case, though, because you're going to have Mia come up. She's going to be on Raw because that's where Keith Lee is. 
Mm-hmm. So you're adding another major woman to it. Mickey James just came back. So you have Mickey James. They they have more women on Raw than they do on SmackDown. I get it. Raw is the longer show, but you already have Asuka as champ. You have Shayna and Nia um, holding on to those tag titles because the tag titles are going to stay on Raw now. Mm-hmm. It's just like I get the three-hour show, but it's like unless they're going to dedicate a lot more women's matches that are going to last longer than two fucking minutes and end up on a roll-up, I I don't see it. But then meanwhile on SmackDown, Naomi's coming and going like. You you have Bianca on Raw. People want to see Bianca, but over on SmackDown, it's so few and far, and it's like those women matches, they don't mean shit on SmackDown. You have Tamina, you have Alexa, you have Nikki, you have Lacey, you have Dana. You know, you. It's just a lot of blonde women over there, if you catch my drift. There's no. Like, oh, at least on Raw, you got Asuka, you got. Fucking Bianca, you got uh, Mickey James just came back, you got uh, Zelina Vega, you got different characters, but like the only one holding on to that women's division right now is Bailey, and then her and Sasha are gonna feud because we all fucking know Nikki Cross is not gonna win this match. We all fucking what if know. she does? There's been no build up to it though. Uh, we've seen. Bigger swerves. We never thought in a million fucking years that Otis would be the money in the bank winner. He was my second choice. (laughs) I'm just over. Hey, Bruce, it's time to hang it up, bruh. Because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. I think he's more partial to SmackDown than he is to Raw. And he's pouring all the resources into SmackDown. And, and Raw is not getting anything. And they are just swinging it. And I don't understand why. And any For me, the logic thing to do would be to give the resources to Raw. Because Raw is the one who needs it with them being three hours. Unless you cut them back to a two-hour show again, I don't understand why it's like that. It's been in chaos for a couple of weeks, almost a month. It hasn't recovered from SummerSlam. So I'm just trying to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it, but they can they can produce a solid show for SmackDown. Two hours or not, like you have Raw Underground to fill in that extra hour for Raw. And if I were them, I would give you a full show two hours of Raw and then let Raw Underground take over or, you know, flip between the two like they started out doing, which to me was smart. You're filling up the hours and you don't have a lot of promos and shit going where, you know, people aren't strong in promos now. You don't have a lot of that shit going. You just you get to watch some hard hitting shit. Raw Underground is entertaining. But they're not focusing on it enough. And I don't know what they're doing, but they need to do something. It, the way I see it, Pritchard needs to be moved back to SmackDown, let him focus on SmackDown, and give Shane McMahon Raw. Let him have it. He can take care of both. It's not like he ain't going gonna to be stretched too thin. 
he can handle making sure Raw Underground goes off like it's supposed to be, but also be the lead guy when it comes to SmackDown. There's no guidance. I mean, to Raw, there's no guidance there. There's no structure. And you can tell by the way the show's being produced. Mm-hmm. So y'all got to do something. They, they probably won't, man. <laughs> let's, be, let's be real here. I mean... I'm not giving any shit to Nikki, but it's just like if she wins, it will be out of nowhere because they're doing this thing with Bray and Braun, which is not going to be over. That's probably going to end at Mania. Bliss I is going to get. I think Bray and Braun is over. Oh, Bray and Braun's done. I think that's, that's over. The uh, next part is what I've been telling you. It's about Bliss and Bray. They're getting ready to push them together. They did debut. I really liked that whole fucking thing. Was I, I? I really I liked it, and then I rewatched it, and I liked it even more. It was good, and I got you. Got to give Bliss her props. She sold that shit. Mm-hmm. I said, "Bitch, where are you?" I was like, "Oh, I said, wow, this is good character work." Yeah. So if Bray, and I mean, I saw the clip of it. I thought it was great, but if it's like Bray and Braun are done. Mm-hmm. Why are they still putting Bliss with Bray? Because Bliss, she's and, now big. It's, you, it's you remember, not really hasn't to do anything with Braun anymore. It's just it's more of her experience with Bray himself. Right. So if you it's remember, not, you 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 have to think like, okay, Braun Strowman said anybody who comes in contact with the Fiend is always forever changed, which he is right. Because you have to think about everybody that he has wrestled as mm-hmm. the Fiend. From Finn Balor, because Finn was the first, Finn switched back over to Prince DeWitt. Then you had um, Seth Rollins. He became the Messiah. You move yeah, he's all fucked SmackDown. up. Right. You move him to SmackDown. You go up against Miz. Miz changes. You go up against um, Braun Strowman. He gets changed. The only person that wasn't affected was Goldberg, but he doesn't fucking count. So, um... What about Daniel Bryan? Daniel yeah. Bryan? Yeah, because Daniel Bryan went back to, as... Went back to... I forgot about that. That was a good feud, too. We, it was. People, we slept on that. Daniel Bryan um, did really change. It was, it was... He, like, he went back to... And the thing is, is like, I don't know if... He, I don't know if someone, I need to talk to someone else who's like a really big Bray fan. I don't know if it's something that he's reverting them to their their original form Mm -hmm. or not even their previous um, personas. It's like who they truly are. Yeah. I think that's kind of what it is because that Daniel Bryan, like that is Daniel Bryan as Brian Brian Danielson, like the American Dragon, like that is him. Like regardless of them having Finn at making them WWE, especially on the main roster, having Finn be the baby faces of all baby faces, he is a heel. Yeah, that is his a heel. That's the same thing with Seth. Seth is it regardless of him having a really decent run as a baby face. Seth is a heel. Yes. That's that, the same that thing is, for Blitz. That's what's happening. They're being, you're forever changed. You're marked by him. Yeah. So that's what's happening with her. But she's not changing to her, back to who she was. She's morphing into something totally different. So 
It's interesting. I will say that. And I, I want to see where it goes. But they did debut a new character on the Firefly Funhouse. And it was a Paul Heyman character. And it was a walrus. And it was funny. <laughs> Sorry, but it was hilarious. I loved it. I was like, no, you fucking did it. <laughs> no, you did it. I loved it. I was, I was screaming because at first I was like, no, I was like, oh my, like I was screaming. Was I wish I would have recorded that. Like that's how much of a reaction I had. It was the best thing ever. They gave him a suit and a tie and half of his head had hair and I lost it. I loved that. I was like, Ray Wyatt ain't shit. <laughs> I love every minute of it. And wasn't it Paul Heyman's birthday yesterday? Yep. <laughs> On his birthday. Oh, Jesus. That was funny. I'm sorry. That took me out. I, I was cracking up. But that pretty much was SmackDown. They did go over Big E and his injury, but I think after Clash of Champions, all three members of New Day will return to the show. So you'll have is them he, back. Is he legit injured? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I think what they were trying to do was get Big E out of that match, and also uh, make debut, make New Day debut as a team together. So they figured out a way to, to, to kind of move him around a bit. Well, that sucks. I want yeah. to see a I want to see a Biggie single push, man. I don't think they were gonna give Biggie a singles push in the first place. I think what we got was the gist of what we were gonna get. At least for the time being. Yeah. That's disappointing. Yeah. I'm I'm low key kind of not. I do want Big E to have a singles push, but they need to do something with the tag team division. And they're gonna need New Day to do that. Yeah, but you can't keep depending on New Day and Usos all the time, though. Yes, this is true. But I right now tag team going back to what you said about. Hiring Tessa Blanchard. Hiring Tessa Blanchard over solidifying your tag team division is a severe mistake. And it'll be proven to be a mistake because Tessa Blanchard is toxic in how she conducts herself. Your main goal should be making sure you have enough people on the roster to maintain rivalries and those belts. That's what that should be. Anything Mm -hmm. else is white noise. Tessa Blanchard being in on in WWE to me is unnecessary, especially in this pandemic. You've already proven that Bailey, Sasha, and the other girls in the back can hold down this division without those big names being there, with the exception of Bailey and Sasha, okay? Oscar was able to keep Raw interesting. If they would have given Shayna the opportunity, she could have kept Raw interesting. You would have had an opportunity with Ruby. If they would have pushed Bianca, they could have. I get, I'm assuming they're holding Bianca back because they want her to be like 
the sounding board for their rebranding phase. And I wouldn't mind that. But at the same time, you could slowly build Bianca up. And then by next year, if we're allowed to have people at events, you could have Bianca still be your girl. I don't, I don't think that they have to wait to do that. They could do that right now. I think they're waiting for, they're waiting for a crowd. They want a crowd for her for some reason. So I don't know what. So that's why she's getting, unfortunately, getting held. Like you said, like that's unfortunately that she's getting held back. Which, oh, don't sit like that. I hate when you sit like that. Um, I get to a certain extent, but it's at the same time, it's just like, like damn. Yeah. I do, and like I do agree. Like they want her, like what? Because they're gonna event. They're about to rebrand. Like Raw yeah. is in the process of getting rebranded. Mhm. Mm-hmm. From like what all the different reports are saying, like they're in the process of it, and she's gonna be the poster child for it, or one of the poster mm-hmm. children for it. I think depending on how they feel about Mandy or what she does, she might be one of the ones. Um, yeah. I feel like the whatever group, because they're going to change. They're not going to be Riot Squad for much longer. They're going to change. They want to change the name. Mm. Okay. So, and I think for them, and they're going to put, and they're going to be a thing too. So hmm. I think, and they're also going to be a process of the rebrand because, they really like live and um, MVP is a really has really been pushing for Ruby Riot a lot. Hmm. So I think those women, like those four women out, Mandy's like the give or take, but at least those three are gonna be the ones who are the faces. Hmm. Okay. We'll have to see. Yeah. Well, that was all the shows that we watched. Trash. We ain't really, I mean, there's really nothing else that happened. All right, guys, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. Thank you so much for listening to our coverage of all of wrestling it's a lot of wrestling happening now nxt uk is also back which we'll be covering in our next episode or review of wrestling but we got a lot of wrestling to cover in a week and it just takes a long time for me to edit and get stuff out but don't worry i'm staying on top of it this time and we're gonna get the stuff out so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of down for the count make sure you follow us on our social medias at d4tc underscore podcast is our instagram and at down for the count 19 is our twitter which is always rocking because people love the twitters okay so i hope you guys enjoy it follow us if you have a message you want to leave us any critiques anything you want us to discuss a specific topic Or if you just want to leave us a message and let us know how we're doing, Anchor provides that voice message service for you. Or you can always send us a little message on Instagram and we will get back to you shortly. All right. So make sure you guys follow us. Make sure you guys engage with us. We love to hear from you guys. Be respectful. 
All right? And we'll see you guys in our next one because the next episode is going to cover the wrestling news. We're going to cover CM Punk's comments on Mega Stars. We're going to cover Conor McGregor being arrested for sexual assault. And we're also going to talk about the WWE furloughs. So, if you want to hear that and so much more, make sure you follow the next episode.